Hey everyone, this is Matt and welcome to the last pod in our pressing the reset button series. And last pod, we looked at the first important question to ask, where am I? And if you don't know where you're at, you can't get to where you want to be. So asking yourself this question is difficult because it makes you vulnerable and it's hard facing the reality of the situation you may find yourself in. So we put off asking this question. We distract ourselves and just refuse to ask and end up stuck in a rut, unable to change, unable to move forward and unable to get a fresh start. But if you get the courage to ask yourself this question, it can be the first chat step to change your inertia and be able to move to where God wants you to be. And that's the question I had to ask this past week. And I started to ask that question. If you want to hear my answer to that, and it's in the 90 day challenge introduction. And it's where I start doing a 90 day challenge of change of a life reset. So if you want to join me in that, please look at those pods. I should have one out almost every single day. And I can't wait for you to join me on that. So let's just jump right in and get to the second question. The second question you need to ask to get to a life reset is who am I listening to? Who are you listening to? Because who you listen to is going to have a tremendous impact on the direction you your life goes. Look at what happened in Bar- with Bartimaeus. Mark chapter 10, verse 47 and 48. When Bartimaeus that's the blind guy that we talked about last week who's who's begging on the side of the road and Jesus stops. And when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only st- shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. So get this picture. He's shouting, have mercy on me to Jesus. And the people are shouting, be quiet. And whenever you have to shout, be quiet, something's probably wrong. That's a little parenting tip somewhere, but that's another podcast. Being Shouting, be quiet, never works. So they're shouting at one another, but Barnabas doesn't listen. And he keeps saying, Jesus, have mercy on me, because he doesn't listen to the crowd. He then hears the voice of Jesus. Now, there's a lesson in there somewhere because he doesn't listen to the crowd. He hears the voice of Jesus. Notice what happens next, verse 49. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. And so they called the blind man, cheer up. They said, come on, he's calling you. And so Bartimaeus Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. So because he didn't listen to the crowd, he's now in a place where he is able to listen to Jesus. So the question is, are you listening to the crowd or are you listening to Jesus? Let me just say this. There's never been more important Because the crowd right now is louder and stronger and more visible than it's ever been in history. The crowd is always shouting at you because the crowd is in your pocket. It's on your phone. It's always shouting at you, always saying things to you. So are you listening to the crowd or are you listening to Jesus? If you want to hear Jesus instead of the crowd, it's good to know the difference between the voice of the crowd and the voice of Jesus. So there are four differences between the voice of the crowd and the voice of Jesus. Number one, the crowd shouts. We just saw that with Bartimaeus, but Jesus whispers. The crowd is shouting all the time, be quiet. Your voice doesn't need to be heard. They're shouting. 
be angry, be afraid, be jealous, be discontent. You're hearing those shouts all the time through the crowd and the crowd just keeps shouting. They shout on Instagram. They shout on Facebook. They shout on Twitter. They shout on cable news. They shout on Discord. They shout on Snapchat. They yell on TikTok. <laughs> the crowd just keeps on shouting. But Jesus whispers while the crowd shouts. Jesus usually whispers, and the voice to listen to is not the shout of the crowd, but the whisper of Jesus. And that means you and I, we got to build up some new disciplines into our lives to get away from that shout of the crowd so we can hear the whisper of Jesus. So we can hear him whisper, I love you. I have a purpose for your life. I'll never let you down. I died for you so that you can have eternal life if you just believe in me and what I did for you on the cross. I will be with you always. But the only way to hear that voice is to get away from the crowd because the crowd is screaming. Only when you get close to Jesus, you can hear him whisper. Second difference, the crowd always interrupts, but Jesus invites. The crowd's yelling at Bartimaeus. He doesn't ask them to yell at them. He just asks, he's just asking for help from Jesus, but they're yelling at him. Be quiet, be quiet. You know what? I wonder if this is like the toned down version. They're really saying, shut up, you jerk. You know, <laughs> the, Jesus is saying, call him over. There's a total difference. Now, the truth is you can't help but hear the crowd because they're always yelling. You know, the squeakiest wheel gets the grease. That's how it is. They're always interrupting. It's kind of like a joke. My middle daughter used to say, she would go knock, knock. And I'd say, who's there? And she'd say, interrupting cow. And I'd say, interrupting cow. And then she would go, moo, before I got done saying interrupting cow. And uh, if you have a kid, you know, you'll, you've heard that joke. <laughs> they, the crowd always interrupts. And whether your life needs a regular reset or a radical reset, it's only going to happen if you listen to the voice of Jesus, except you can't get the Accept his invitation if you can't hear his voice. He's inviting us. He, I promise you he's inviting you into a kind of conversation because he loves you. He loves every one of us. A third difference, the crowd waffles, but Jesus never wavers. I don't get to use the word waffle very often, so I have to use it now. The crowd just waffles. They change their sense. First they're yelling, you know, be quiet, be quiet. And then they're saying, okay, be, come over here, cheer up. You know, they want... He wants, to, he wants to talk to you. This is great. It's like it was their idea the whole time. They waffle. That's what the crowd does. They go from cheering to, to shut up in just a few minutes. And then back to cheer up. Back to shut up. That's what the crowd does in your life. And that's what the crowd will do to you. But Jesus is the complete opposite. He never wavers his love for you. It'll never waver. The fact he will tell you the truth, it will never waver. I have to deal with this with my kids right now. I had like the so-called friends that teenage girls have and what they say to them, man, they change their face faster than anything. I have to deal with this with my kids and listening to their friends talk to them. And I'm just like, wow, this is what the crowd does. The people around us will do. They will waffle. They will go from cheer up to come to shut up all within the same breath. The fourth difference between the crowd and Jesus is th the crowd cares about itself. Jesus cares about you. The crowd by nature of what a crowd is, is it cares about itself. The crowd that day, they didn't want Bartimaeus shouting at Jesus. You know why? Because it made him look bad. It was supposed to be a big day of celebration. Their city was supposed to look 
great that day. Jericho was supposed to be the most wonderful city in the world, and everyone's going through it. Jesus is here. We're heading towards the Passover, but instead there's this blind guy who's a beggar who probably stinks and is awful looking, probably hasn't showered. He probably has crappy clothes on and you know, and he's yelling, have mercy on me. And it's ruining the ambiance. It's ruining the show. He's making our city look bad. So shut up, Bartimaeus. So the crowd cares about itself. But Jesus, he cares about you. He didn't care about any of that that day. He just cared about Bartimaeus. And he asked him to come over and talk to him. Jesus cares about you. So who are you listening to? I would encourage you to listen to the most, to the one who loves you the most, to the one who cares about you the most. Not, Don't listen to the one who's the loudest. Listen to Jesus. Let the promise of his hope drown out the pressure of the crowd. So we have the question, where am I? And then we have the question, who am I listening to? Then there's a third question that Bartimaeus and his experience with Jesus teaches us to ask. And that is, what do I want? What do I want? And this might be the most important question for a reset, because if you don't ask it, what do you want? You're going to get, you're going to stay there. I mean, you want to change, right? Well, what do you want to change to? You know, look at Mark 10, 51. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. And immediately, instantly, this man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Bartimaeus' life reset is complete. He's gone from a blind man begging on the side of the road to a disciple following Jesus down the road. And it starts with the question, what do you want me to do for you? I want to see, he says. And God does this through his faith. This miracle of instantly granting him sight. And God wants to do the same thing for you in your life. I mean, you just have this sense in the moment. I hope with Jesus sitting with you, looking you in the eye, saying, what do you want me to do? What do you have faith that he would do for you? And then tell him. And then he works in your life like never before. That is a moment of faith. But let's not ignore the tough question here. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asks you, what if what you say to him isn't what he wants in your life? Maybe isn't even what's good for you. Because the truth of it is we all know that everything we want isn't good for us. And if God says, I'll just do whatever you want, that doesn't make even make sense. That would be chaos. The easiest illustration of this is sports. One guy's praying for his team to win. Another guy's praying for his team to win. What do you want me to do? It can't even work out. Everybody can't get what they want. And the other truth is that you don't always want what you thought you wanted. I mean, some of you, you were dating somebody, that woman or man, and you wanted to marry them. And it fell apart. And at the time you were miserable, but later on, years later, you are thanking God for unanswered prayer right now. 20 years later, 10 years later, two years later, you don't even realize, you may not even realize how blessed you are that he didn't give you what you wanted. You're grateful for his grace and not granting that request. So what about the times when he asks you the question and it's not the immediate healing faith answer? It's a different kind of faith answer. Well, God just happens to provide for us right before this story. In the book of Mark, just a few verses before, a story of Jesus giving a different answer to the same question. I got to admit, I've never seen this before. It was right before Bartimaeus that Jesus asked the same question to a couple of his disciples. And look what happened in Mark 10, 36 to James and John, a couple of his disciples. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? 
And they replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. So they went for it. I mean, they really went for it. I mean, what do we want? We want to be sitting by you on your throne for all eternity, like co-leaders of the universe. That's what we want, Jesus. And Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? Now, the cup he's talking about here, he's talking about it again in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the cup of his suffering, the pain that he goes through. The one who sits on the thrones are the ones who suffer the most. So he's saying, do you really want that? Do you want to be the one who suffers the most? Then later he says to them, it's already been decided who's going to be there anyway. I can't grant that. You'd be kicking somebody else out. Is that what you really want? And James and John probably would have said yes, but Jesus is saying, no, you don't know what you're asking. So what we think we want isn't always what we really want. We've all experienced that one. So what should God do about all this? How do you work with this question? Should you just say to God, God, okay, just whatever you want then? I won't even ask for what I want because it might not be what I really need. If you want to reset in your life, if you want to live by faith in your life, I want to encourage you instead to sit in relationship with Jesus and tell him what you really want. Because you're telling him what you want, not just to get what you want, but also to hear what he wants in your life. And the only way you're going to hear what he wants if you tell him what you really want, not what you should say, like the church thing to say, the Christian thing or the Bible thing, but the heart thing to say. Because sometimes we say, well, God, this is what I want. But in the back of our minds, we're thinking, but I really want is this. I hope, I hope you really give that to me. So just tell him, this is what I really want. And that's how you experience a true reset in your life. So how does this work? Well, some of you, if I said, what do you really want? If you were just downright honest, you'd say, you know what? I want to get out of my marriage. I'm in so much pain and I don't know what to do and I don't know how to make it right. So can you tell God yet? Of course. What do you want me to do for you, God? I want to get out of my marriage. Now that's not the end of the conversation because then God may start to gently work in your life and there's a possibility that instead of you getting out, you get help. Maybe there's a possibility that this thing that, right now for you is the greatest pain in your life can turn into the greatest blessing of your life. And I know some of you are thinking, yeah, I know that's what God's going to say. That's why I'm not asking him about it. That's why I'm not talking to him because I don't want to hear that. <laughs> so you're, so you're staying stuck by the side of the road, blind to all what God can do in your life. You know what? Have the tough conversation with God. Tell him what he wants. God loves you. You can say anything to him. What do I want? What do you want me to do for you, Jesus says? And you say, I want to be successful. And if I'm honest, I want to be successful. And Jesus says, okay, now why do you want to be successful? Is it for your own ego and pride or is it to build others up? Is it to bless other people? Because if it's only for your own ego and pride, then that's going to end in ruin. I can guarantee you that pride goes before fall every single time. But if it's to bless other people, if it's to build other people up, God will make you successful in ways you would never imagine. It might be really noticeable in the world. It might not be noticeable to anybody else, but it will be the kind of success that changes eternity, that kind of success. So you're having this conversation. What do you want me to do for you, he asks. And you're like Bartimaeus. And your answer is, I want to be healed. I don't want to face this physical struggle that I'm facing anymore. Have you ever told him that? Some people are afraid. 
Well, I wouldn't bother God with that kind of request. Jesus is asking you, what do you want me to do for you? And if you would tell him, you might just experience the exact same thing that Bartimaeus experienced, an immediate healing by your faith. And I've seen that happen. But I've also seen that every time someone asks for healing, it doesn't mean they're immediately healed. Even in the stories of Jesus healing blind people in the New Testament, he didn't always heal them the same way. He healed Bartimaeus immediately. There are other people he healed slowly. There are other people he healed them by asking them to do something first before they healed. And then, not, not necessarily blind people, but others, there are others that we read about in the New Testament where they asked God for healing and they weren't healed at all. So God said he, he had a different work to do in their life, that their healing would come in eternity when they had a perfect body in heaven. And I don't know the answer for your specific request, but I do know that if you're going to find a reset in your life, if you get away from being sidelined in your life, you got to have this conversation with God, this honest to God conversation. This is what I really want. I'm bringing it out from the back of my mind where I'm pretending it's not there. You know, you know, it's there, God. I know it's there. I'm bringing it out and I'm telling you, this is what I really want. Now let's have a conversation about it. And it doesn't happen immediately. But I've seen it in my life and so many people's lives when you have that conversation, so you talk to God about it, and eventually you get to this place of being able to pray this prayer that Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6, verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It then doesn't become just a rote prayer. It's a heart prayer because you've been through the process of talking to God about what you really want. Listen, if Barnabas had not told God what he really wanted, told Jesus what he really wanted, he would not have received or experienced immediate healing. And God may want to do something immediately in your life through your faith if you only tell God what you really want. But if James and John hadn't told Jesus what they really wanted, they would have never seen the selfishness of their request. They would have never taken that step of growth in their life. So what do you want? That's the third of these questions that you and I have to ask ourselves to experience a reset in our lives. The three questions we learn from Bartimaeus, the once blind man who can help us see. And asking those questions, that isn't easy. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, Everything we have, right thinking, right living, a clean slate, and a fresh start comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. So it's not you doing it in your own power. If you're looking to God's power to do what only he can do in your life, that's only when it'll be successful. So if you need a reset, I know I need one. Ask God. So God, where am I? I'm asking you to show me where I am. Help me to see where I am right now so I can get to be where you want me to be, where you truly want me to be. And God, I'm asking you the question, who am I listening to? What am I doing to get time to get space to listen to you instead? What do I need to do this week to listen to you like I've never had before? And God, what do I want? Maybe you're ready right now to say, God, here it is. Maybe you need to have a conversation through this week to be able to have this honest to God moment saying, this is what I want. By faith, this is what I want. And we can ask these three questions because we know God loves us and we can turn to him for the strength and the ability to press that reset button. Well, I hope this message and series has encouraged you. 
And I hope you really want to do and press that button. Also, don't forget to listen to my 90-day challenge series where I press the reset button and the daily struggles and encouragement that come from that. So also next week, we start a brand new series about living in the goodness of God. So God bless you, and I'll see you in the next pod.